I want to give a special shout out to the team at CastSource. They have made my dreams come true for this podcast and they can make yours as well. If you have any aspirations of hosting your own podcast, talk to my guy, Eric. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz, K-A-Z. He is all about giving people a platform and letting their voice be heard. So reach out and you won't regret it. Welcome to From the Players Podcast, where you will hear directly from the very women who are shaping our sports softball and learn so much more of who they are off the field and beneath the jersey. I'm your host, Sydney Supley, former Northwestern softball player, and this is the place for every past or current softball players, any parent of a player, or simply a fan of the game. I see you and I love you. Thanks for being on this journey with me and growing our sport one day at a time. Now, to further your support beyond just listening to this episode, you can donate $10 a month or any number to continue to support this platform where female athletes' voices are heard and ensure that there will be plenty more episodes and individuals who are impacted in the future. As a subscriber, you will get all of the behind the scenes on this 2024 softball season from the women on the fields and myself as we make this the best year of softball yet. Welcome back, everybody. We are officially two months away from softball season. I cannot believe it. And who else better than to start off with former Oklahoma Sooner national champion, member on a Team Mexico in 2020 Tokyo Olympics, a pro softball player with Athletes Unlimited, ESPN analyst, and most recently, a marathon runner, Nicole Mendez. Wow, that was a mouthful. You have quite the <laughs> resume, but so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm going to keep coming back because you make me feel so great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. I mean, with a resume like that, wow. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about your most recent challenge. Like I mentioned, a marathon runner. On November 5th, you completed the New York City Marathon. Not too far away from me. I could t- feel the hype building up just throughout the entire <laughs> state. It's such a special event. Kind of walk me through just this entire experience and when you decided that you were going to run this marathon? So the entire experience was surreal. It was something that I kind of just said yes to, to be able to fill my time in the fall. And then it shifted from filling my time to really fills my bucket. And I loved it. So it was in the last month of softball season at AU. It was in August and I got an email from my agent and she said, hey, do you want to run a marathon? Do you have any interest in that? And I was like, a little bit delusion. <laughs> I said, I'm an athlete. Of course, like I could do it. But also like our sport is like 60 feet. You're kind of trotting a home run if it's too far. <laughs> yeah, it was like a lot of home run trots to complete the marathon. <laughs> but I said yes. And she said, okay, they'll let you know. And I was partnered up with Together, which is a female media company, and then Strava. And they're really into the running world. And I had experience with Together. They covered the World Series that past summer, but I had never met with Strava. And they didn't let me know until the end of August. So that meant I had about two months to learn how to run for a marathon. (laughs) Prior, like you said, I play softball. So I don't 
I don't run. I think the most I had ever run at one time was three miles. So it was definitely a challenge. (laughs) I love what you said about how it ended up filling your bucket. And my situation's a little bit different, but once I ended playing softball, I felt like I, I needed that challenge. You know, as athletes, like we are so wired of just like having the really hard task. And I think about some of my favorite times, you know, playing collegiate softball was our really hard lifts or like our one run test every year. And because there's no better feeling than when you accomplish something that you've spent months training for. And it was actually one of my former teammates who we always did the run test next to each other that said like, you know, one day we're going to run a marathon when we're done. And we haven't done a marathon yet. We actually just signed up for the New York City Marathon, but we ran a half marathon in Boston. And like you mentioned, we came from playing softball, which is just a lot of sprints, basically. That's how we train. (laughs) And to go and run long distance, like it feels like we're an athlete, like we can do anything. It's so different in the training. But I think the reason why, like, you're able to do this or just athletes in general is because of that mentality we have to never give up. And I can imagine throughout your 26.2 miles, there had to have been a (laughs) lot of mental battles that you were going through. Yeah. I mean, the coolest part was as the two months went on, like I said, I never run more than three miles. And so I knew it was going to be more so mental than physical Mm because physical I can do, but mental... I've never had to endure that kind of trial before. And so Mm -hmm. it started off, wow, I ran six miles. I can't believe it. Wow, I ran 10. Oh my gosh, I ran 16 miles in one day. I've never thought that I would journey that far. And then my longest run before the marathon was 22 miles. And it took me several times just to complete it. And I think the discipline that you learn from softball Mm -hmm. is the same in running, but it's just a different sport. And so whenever it translated over to the marathon, I went in just saying, you know what? I trained, I'm going to have a good time. And, you know, I've heard a lot of debate now between New York City Marathon, Boston Marathon. For me, the New York City Marathon was just overwhelming. I mean, there's crowds, four people deep, all on both sides of the running lane. They're cheering you on. You can hear them from about a mile away. It's insane. So it's pretty cool. Oh, just to be uplifted like that. It made you feel like you could do anything. I'm curious if there was maybe, you know, Eddie Gasso, something she said, or something you learned through softball that was like a mantra that got you through the run. I know for me, my team and I kept joking, um, Kate Drohan at Northwestern, she would always tell us like, we can do hard things. And I felt like I had to tell myself that like on every mile, the more tired I was getting, was there a line for you or kind of a lesson from softball? I carried you through. So my freshman year of college, I heard this song. It's called Taking Care of Business. I don't even know who it's by. It's like an older, like 80s rock song. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is going to be my mantra for freshman year. And it ended up being my mantra throughout college of just take care of your business, this little portion, then this little portion, then this little portion, and it'll take care of everything. And so whenever I was running, I'd be like, take care of your business from here to the tree. Then it'd be like, okay, take care of your business from this tree to the bridge. And so just breaking it up into increments really helped me kind of feel like I could do it. I I can get from here to the tree. I don't know about 26 miles, but from here to the tree, I know I can do that. And so breaking it up helped me feel a lot better about being able to accomplish it. Well, you absolutely took care of business. And I mean, that's the perfect segue into really just Oklahoma in general. I mean, 
your program, your school, I feel like has been the talk of college softball now how many years in a row after last season, it was their third consecutive national championship, seventh overall. You got that all started, especially in 2021 and your last year after five years of playing there. There's really no one else better than to speak about everything that that program represents. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the mental strain every year we have a mini triathlon and Coach Gasso always talked about, this is what you're going to be feeling at the end of season. This is what you're going to be feeling whenever the going gets tough. And are you hard enough to finish? Are you hard enough to give 100% of whatever you have, whether you're walking across and finishing or whether you're sprinting across? It doesn't matter, but are you strong enough to finish? And so I think that's the biggest thing that Coach Gasso instills is whenever you start something, you want to finish it and you want to finish it to the best of your ability. Not just, okay, check, done, move on to the next thing. But can I do this in the best way possible to my personal ability? The standard is not just set for athletics, but also mm-hmm. just who you are as a person. Can you tell me a little bit more about this mini triathlon? Because I've always you know, seen it on social media and I've always been so curious, like, what does it consist of? <laughs> it is something where you're about three months into season and you're like, I can do this. Remember the triathlon? Remember how I almost (laughs) died? I was crying afterwards. So the triathlon is a mini triathlon. So you start in the swimming pool. Oklahoma has a swimming pool on campus. We'll start in the swimming pool. We'll swim our laps and we have counters. And then we run from our swimming pool into our indoor football turf area. And we do, instead of bike riding, because not everybody can ride a bike now, We do CrossFit. And so we have a CrossFit circuit that we go through. And again, you have counters and then you run from the CrossFit facility all the way to the softball field. And whenever you cross home plate from the left field fence, that's whenever you finish. So it's a good little mix of everything, but it's definitely something that's hyped up throughout the fall. So Mm -hmm. every week you have competitions on Fridays and you're in many teams and it's just gearing you up for the triathlon economy. Of course, the upperclassmen are telling the underclassmen, oh man, you can't get your puppies unless you do the triathlon, unless you do this. So it's pretty funny, but it's just a real mental test. And then I feel like it just bonds everybody together. That's the biggest thing. Those tests really bond everyone. And if there's one thing (laughs) I have to say, just in sharing the field with you and Oklahoma and everybody throughout my years, there was this certain level of bond you all had. I feel like just within your play, but also that, you know, I've had Jada Coleman and Grace Lyons on here. So much of it feels like you're connected in such a spiritual, emotional way, which is really just even more powerful than, you know, sharing the field. How has just having faith within that program kind of allowed you to break so many barriers and doors within the game as well? It's pretty cool because playing at Oklahoma, you have such a big platform. And that's another thing. Coach Gasso kind of talks to us about is you have a platform, whether you want it or not. So whatever you say, people are listening, not just little girls, but adults and other fellow peers who are playing softball as well. So what are you trying to say? What are you going to use while you have the platform? And for a lot of us, we kind of came together and we were like, you know what? Like our faith is very important to us. And what better way to share the good news about Jesus than to be able to talk about it in interviews and be able to post about it. We know people are going to have eyes on us and to be able to point the glory, not just to us, but to direct it all towards God. Such an easy way to share the gospel. 
And I think whenever you set out with the intent to do something of, of why that's bigger than yourself and you have other people who kind of have that same why, that same reason, it brings you close together, it bonds you together because you're working towards a common goal. And so for us, yeah, winning was a goal, but the bigger goal was to be able to share the gospel. I love that. And you talk about having this platform and how SAPA has grown within the last how many years has just been such a beautiful thing to see. And I've always just been inspired the way you've handled the platform because throughout your five years, you know, you definitely had trials and tribulations within injuries. And this is actually really crazy for me, even having you on this podcast, because I remember in 2020, you only had, you know, a handful of at-bats just through dealing with your injury. And I was actually pitching when you had your at-bat versus Northwestern. And I don't think I've ever heard your stadium celebrate more than when you came <laughs> to the plate. And I remember Michelle, my pitching coach, like coming out and obviously she's a former Oklahoma Sooner and just both of us, you know, you can res- obviously be a competitor on the field, but just respecting about what that moment meant for your whole fan base, for you and for your team, kind of talk me through just that year. And then also use that year to really catapult yourself to having your best season in 2021 and everything that injury and coming out on the other side meant to you. Yeah. I'm sticking with the theme of taking care of business. Mm -hmm. I got hurt. It was in October of 2019. And so I told myself, all right, we're just going to grind as hard as you can. And if you can play, you can play. And if you can't, you can't, but you're not going to leave anything up to chance. You're not going to say, man, I regret not working as hard as I can. So I was in PT literally every single day. Dolly Parton, nine to five was kind of uh, (laughs) my theme. I was like, I'm in the PT training room, nine to five, I swear, every day. But that moment, that's so funny, that connection there, because I remember that moment so clearly. Just being able to come back up and like hear the crowd, like, like, man, I wasn't supposed to. At the beginning of the game, like we had no intention of hitting. And so coach came to me and she's like, hey, how do you feel about possibly pinch hitting? And my trainer was on board with it. And I called my parents. I like ran into our locker room and I was like, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit. And so I think I just hit a ground ball like right back to you. (laughs) But it was, it was just like such a kind of like what we were talking about with the marathon, you're training, you're training Mm -hmm. and it finally pays off and it feels so sweet inside. And you're like, yes, I did it. I finally did it. And I think that was the biggest thing that I got from that moment of man, I trained so hard just to be able to swing a bat in a game again. Yeah. And I got to do it. So for me, that was such a sweet moment. And then obviously about three weeks later, season ended because of COVID. But from that injury, I learned a lot about patience. I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about myself and my teammates. And so we carried that over into the summer and we just bonded. We had Zooms every day and we hung out every day. And we talked about like in depth, Mm. what does your standard look like? What do we want as a team? What are we doing to get better? Because obviously we can't be playing, but we can get better in some way. So I think that really set the stage for Oklahoma to catapult themselves into the monster that they are now going on three national championships in a row and then searching for a fourth this year. It's so true. And that was such a an interesting time. And it's really neat to hear how you guys used it to be so special because I agree. I remember every single one of those Zoom calls, but it was also in such a unique way that life allowed us to pause for the first time 
and really just be with the people we loved, with our teammates, with our families. And it's a time that, you know, none of us will get back. And now we're back to our busy lives, nine to five, like you said. (laughs) But before you came on this podcast, I actually was just kind of going down memory lane. And I listened to your 2021 Dear Softball. And I have to be honest, I was in tears. Like it, it just absolutely got to me. And the line that really got to me is you said, the fear of failure is just an illusion, that there's only good in winning and failure in losing. Through all the struggles and loss, I wouldn't change a thing. Like, how does hearing that make you feel now a few years later? Crazy, because I don't even remember writing that. I was like, man, that's a good quote. Let me write that back down. <laughs> but just the idea that is so funny. So this past weekend, I was doing a softball camp in Louisiana, and the topic that we talked about was failure. and if blank, then what? And so if your worst idea, if your idea of whatever failure is happens, then what? Like what's next, right? Because everybody always thinks about like, oh, this is failure. And then they never think about the next thing. Like Life continues to go on. And so softball, you learn so much about failure. I mean, look at batting averages. You learn so much about failure. And to be able to go, okay, there's next game, there's next pitch, there's next play, whatever. You translate that over into life and being a couple of years removed from college athletics. I've seen that, okay, this didn't work out the way I thought it was. Let me pivot really quick and pick something from this moment to learn from and then keep moving forward. This isn't a setback. This is a learning moment. So whenever a bigger chance, a bigger opportunity comes along, I know how to handle it much better. This is small stakes, big stakes for later on down the road. So for me, I think understanding that failure, like you said, it doesn't define you. It doesn't have any hold on you for your future. It just happened in this moment. And then the next moment it's gone. So to be able to continue to work through that in real life has been surprisingly similar to how you have to work through it in sports. Yeah. Sports is such an amazing thing because it teaches you so many lessons that you don't even realize until, you know, (laughs) like you said, you're in the real world. And I guess you talk about what's next. And I'm so curious about what's next for you because, you know, I mentioned in the intro, you're doing it all. You know, you're currently playing in Athletes Unlimited. I see you obviously still training. I know, unfortunately, the next Olympics is 2028, but hey, that's also not (laughs) far away. You just ran a marathon. You're clearly in the best shape of your life. Kind of where are you at right now? Yeah. So for me, my life in this moment kind of looks a couple couple of different ways. I've really gotten into the mental side of things. The first year out of college was so tough for me because I didn't have that group of people like we were talking about that had the same why. And I was kind of on my own. And that was the first time in about five years that I have ever had that. And so having to learn how to handle that, how to go through it mentally, that was tough. And so I got really passionate about not just the mental health side of Mm -hmm. things, which I've always been, but also the preparation and the hindsight of, okay, I know how this felt. Can I help other people kind of maybe sidestep some of these feelings? So I got really into that. And so mentally... I've been putting together some workouts and I've been working with a couple of travel ball teams in high school, just kind of talking to a couple of girls in college, just on the mental preparation of what it takes to play in college. And then the mental preparation of, hey, softball is great, but there's so many other sides to who you are as a human and 
it's so easy to get so consumed by it. So to be able to develop yourself outside of it just a tad, that's going to help you so much more down the road whenever softball does it collegiately because it is different even professionally. And then broadcasting in the spring, I always laugh because I say ESPN silly because they're paying me to do something that I would have done anyways. I would have talked about softball for free. <laughs> but if they're going to pay me, they're going to pay me. So I'll take it. Dream job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love doing that. It's so fun to see the younger generation come in and just kind of see how they play and their style and just get to know these new names. For me, that I think that's fantastic. And then obviously training for AU, mm-hmm. living in Dallas, I'm training at a facility called Exos. And it's just fantastic, the support there they have, not just for men's professional athletes, but women's professional athletes as well. That means a lot to me mm-hmm. to be able to be treated as an equal to a men's NFL professional player, a men's soccer professional player, or in like basketball, whatever it is across the field, you're an athlete and you're a professional athlete and they treat you that way, whether you're male or female. So for me, that meant the world. But yeah, that's kind of all I'm having going on. One day I would love, love, love to host just like kind of like this, not like a podcast, but just kind of an interview style show. I think that'd be really fun. You're talking about how much you love being able to connect with athletes and just share their stories because there's so many stories of adversity, so many stories of wisdom, so many stories of triumph Mm -hmm. that not everybody gets to hear. And so whenever you're able to share that, so many people are inspired by that. So I would love to join in on that party. So, yeah. Oh, well, you're already a born natural at it. So that's going to (laughs) be very easy for you. But I think what you said that is most impactful to even what you're saying now is the fact that we're so much more than our sports. And the earlier you can learn that, and I think it's so great you're talking to young athletes about it because it's so easy to get caught up in our sport being our identity. And if we went three for three that day or 0 for three and putting our worth into that. And I think that's why your story is so amazing. You know, you're running. I always see you posting cooking videos. I read that you are an aspiring author. I'm not sure if that's still true. Like (laughs) when people say like, who are you off the field? What do you tell them about yourself? You know, I was having a great talk with Megan Mm Framel. Literally last week, a bunch of AU girls went to Yosemite for a hiking trip, you know, and we were just talking and she asked, what's your life philosophy? And for me, I just said, I want other people, whenever they think of me, to think of the love that Jesus has. And so that's my biggest goal. And that's kind of what I want to be known for more than any athletic accomplishment or any other feat is, man, like Nicole, she she's going to love you. Like she's one of those people where she says she loves you. It's not in passing. You can tell that she actually means it. So for me in everything I do, whether it's in softball, you can tell I love softball. Whenever I'm broadcasting, I want you to know that I love broadcasting. If I am writing a book, I want you to know that I'm really passionate about the topic I'm writing about. And then hopefully, whenever I'm talking to somebody in an interview, I hope they can tell that I really, truly love them and their story and sharing it is a fantastic way to get other people to love them as well. So for me, it's just all about sharing love. I don't think you can have too much of it in the world. So, Well, I can feel your love right here. (laughs) So it's very clear. (laughs) I'm curious, if you were to write a book, what is the topic? So it's very slow. Very, very, very slow. Let me emphasize that. (laughs) And it's just kind of been my journey throughout the past three years of 
my mental struggles. And so not necessarily focused on me, but more of, okay, what does life look like whenever you're getting into college versus like five years out of college? Like what do you focus on mentally in that time span? And so for me, I'm kind of addressing the topic of how hard it is to be a freshman in college and learn everything and be caught up to speed and have a new style of schooling and make a ton of new friends and balance all that. Going to your senior year of college where you're struggling with the feelings of, man, I I love this. I don't want to be done yet. I'm excited for the future. Am I an adult? I'm not grown yet. How do I have a real job? What are taxes? What are taxes? <laughs> Literally, I think there needs to be a college class on that. What are taxes? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And then just like the few years out where you're kind of discovering passions outside of your sport and you're starting to pursue them and you're starting to take steps into the next phase of your life. So I'm working on it. There's a lot to get through, but that's kind of what I, I want to write about. Well, when it comes out, I'm going to be the first person to read it because <laughs> I still could apply all those lessons in life. Lastly, you know, you're working with younger kids now and, and there's a lot of people who listen to these podcasts. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to any young softball player, athlete, girl, boy in general, what would you tell them? Learn how to love the game. I think, especially with this younger generation, I'm seeing a lot of really young kids get super specialized in their one sport Mm. and they're not playing any other sports and they're training four days a week and they're gone every weekend (laughs) and they're going on multiple trips and they just kind of get burnt out before they even reach high school. And then by the time they get to college, it's they've been doing this for way longer than they should have been way more seriously than they ever should have been. And they didn't have time to develop anything else. So I think just remembering why you love the sport is a huge, huge way to stay passionate about it and just find ways. Okay. Today for practice, I'm going to do wall ball with my friends, you know, and you're working on stuff, but you're having fun. You're creating those memories. I think being able to not take it too seriously until you get a little bit older, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a huge key. Even whenever you get older, don't take it too seriously because then you get caught up in identity and wound up in your results versus man i just love this game it's so fun to Mm -hmm. just be here i love it nicole it has been such a blessing to have you on this podcast your love your fun with life and everything that you do is just inspiring to me and inspiring to anyone who will listen to this thank you awesome well stay tuned and we will be back next week with another special guest In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.